Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the J Mary Kay podcast. We've been away for two weeks, but we're back. So thank you for uh, listening and um, supporting the podcast. Today we have a very special guest. Um, Ryan, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, what's up? Uh, my name is Ryan Svitsky. I uh, play in One Step Closer and Choice to Make from Wilkes Bear. That's awesome. You know, um, I, I have to give a real big shout out to Nate uh, Prosciutti because he actually um, gave me like the heads up and told me that um, you're one of the people that I should have on the podcast, like along with another like uh, great list of names. So I'm trying to like knock them all out. So I'm like pretty stoked that you were down to come on. Yeah, dude. Uh, Nate is the man. Like uh, he he supports like everything that uh, all the younger kids do around here. And like, I don't know, he's kind of like like a, a dad figure to me and he always looks out for me. So it's cool that that he suggested me to be on here. I'm stoked to be on here, honestly. Okay. Speaking of younger kids, how old are you? Um, I just turned 19, like two months ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Cause I was, um, I, I do this weird thing where I, I just kind of like assume everybody that I talk to is like the same age as me. Um, but leading up to this, I was just kind of like on your Instagram and like looking through your photos and like, yeah, I, I saw that you had like recently graduated like last year or something. And yeah, it, I, I, yeah, I graduated high school last year and like, uh, I'm in, I'm in college now at like a, like a local community college, but yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's pretty crazy. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it was definitely like a trip for me because like I always do that thing and I just forget that not everybody is the same age as me. So I was like going through it. I was like, wow, this is actually cool because like I I look at like guys like you, like younger kids in the scene um, who are actually doing stuff um, for hardcore. I I, like look at you guys as the future. So I'm just like, okay, like I want to like support these guys because they're are going to be like really important to keep this uh, thing going. Yeah. That's like kind of honestly, even for us, like our local scene here kind of is uh, struggling, I guess you could say right now because of the fact that there is like a lack of young kids. And I see it the same way, even young kids younger than me that are still in high school that are like, you know, 15, 16, they're like the future of like our scene. So if we, you know, don't pay attention to what they're doing and try to get them involved and stuff, then like our scene is just going to die out. So I feel like the youth kind of is important in a way, but like definitely, uh, I try to influence even younger kids than me, which is, I think super important. How did you, um, even find out about, uh, hardcore music? I, um, I used to skate with like a bunch of, uh, dudes. Uh, it was like the orphan crew, they called themselves. And they were like pretty much the local, like hardcore kids that like were around. They're still around. Like most of them, a lot of them moved away, but they're all like around my age at that time. And I was only like in like seventh grade. So I was probably like 12 years old. And I was just like skating with these dudes because my older brother was like good friends with them and stuff. And uh, they pretty much just like put me on to like 
all these different kinds of bands. They'd always ask me like, yo, like what kind of bands do you listen to? And then they would show me like Cold World or like Gorilla Biscuits or something like that. And I'd be like, oh, this is sick. Like I'll check it out, like whatever. And the one time we were skating and uh, my friend Dana like came up to me and was like, yo, this show is next weekend. And it was, uh, I believe it was uh, the JDK Memorial. And uh, it was like Cold World, Bad Seed, Title Fight. Like it was a fucking crazy show. And uh, he was like, yo, you and your friend should definitely come out. So uh, we like, I kind of like told my parents that I was like going out and like, I didn't really tell them that I was going to a show. So I kind of like snuck out. I went to the show and it was just like, fucking crazy and uh then like i ended up getting in trouble for that so i kind of didn't like go to shows for like a year or two and then i like reconnected with it when i was like 15 and then ever since then i've just been going to shows like pretty much every single show around here and outside of our area too damn that's pretty crazy uh for that show because i remember when that show was going on um and I, I just remember thinking like, damn, I, I wish I could see um, Bad Seed again because I just have like this weird obsession with that band. Um, I've only got to see them once. Uh, they played Sound and Fury 2009. And luckily I was able to go and um, I caught their set and it definitely like made my entire summer. But that uh, band is like crazy. I, I like <laughs> I feel like there's like this weird obsession with that band. And like it's literally pretty much just like title fight except just switched around a little bit but like i don't know those all those dudes are super sick and like we i feel like everyone's like begged them to try to do a reunion but i just don't think they're about it right now so like i don't know that's the only time i've ever seen them and at that time like i didn't even know who they were so like it wasn't really a big deal to me but like looking back now like i wish i knew like damn like these guys are actually like one of the sickest wolfsburg bands and like i don't know and this the hype around them is just crazy yeah um speaking of a title fight like i don't know like who started it um but like every once in a while like i'll see just like random memes of um you know people asking like where's title fight have you seen those floating around at all oh yeah I, i see those all over the place my friend made one on google like are on like the Wikipedia page and it was just like uh, pretty much exactly the same thing. And like ever since he, he started doing that, then like a bunch of other people started making them and like that's just been spreading around like crazy. Uh, they're funny though. I think they're really funny. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, um, you know, hoping that um, I'm like <laughs> still around um, when title fight um, hopefully eventually decides to, you know, play shows again or even a show i i think that would be great because it's been like a really long time since i've been able to see them yeah even for me too like um i saw them in long island when they played that benefit show okay uh, yeah that was that was last year and uh that was like the first time i saw them in probably like two or three years before that even and uh like that that was just crazy and like i know all those dudes like pretty well and like i talk to them regularly but like we don't like talk about like title fight and like i feel like it's because like 
they don't really want to talk about it because I don't even know if they know, like, you know, if they're going to play a show or, like, what's going to happen. And uh, it, it, it really sucks because, like, that's one of my all-time favorite bands. It's, like, one of the first bands I've ever listened to, like, hardcore-wise. So, like, I don't know. It's just It's just cool. But we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully something... I, I want I want them to play Wilkes-Barre at least once before they if they ever quit, you know. Yeah, and I I think it's um funny that you mentioned that show in Long Island because like I, I was like I, I saw the video um, of them playing that show and then I um made a playlist of that set list because that was like the last show they played and I was like okay. I think the set list that they played was really good. It had like a good mix of all like the records and not like too heavy in one direction. Completely agree with that. Yeah. Like I think they played like every, like stuff off the last thing you forget played stuff off shed. They played stuff off, you know, floral green and even stuff off hyper hyper view. And I think they even, I don't know. Did they play stuff off? uh, Oh God. What's the seven inch? I forget already. You're talking about the springtime? Spring, spring songs. Yeah, yeah, spring songs. Yeah, um, I think they literally covered like everything, which was like super sick because, I mean, every single record that they've done is like honestly amazing. I, lo- I love every single <laughs> one. So, yeah, and I, I feel like um, Hyperview got a lot of flack um, for no reason, you know, just because like, obviously the, like that record is the most different compared to the, all the other ones. But I, I just didn't think it was fair that people were, um, like saying bad stuff about it. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think they were just trying to, you know, experiment with like their, their potential pretty much like what they could do as musicians to make it different and really like push their limits kind of. And I think they did just that. And I think like, I don't know, title fight, like they're, they, they are a hardcore band, but that doesn't mean that they can't, you know, change their sound and like do different things because I feel like every band needs to grow. And I think if every band just did, you know, every record sounded exactly the same, that just kind of kills the band for me in my opinion. But I don't know. I just, I think that uh hyperview was honestly, amazing in my opinion yeah because i i look at bands um you know like title fight who progress and i I think that's awesome bands like um ceremony i I think would be a perfect example you know started out like you know really in like that hardcore sound and if you look at like you know violence violence to the l-shaped man it's like two completely different records but it's still awesome because it's ceremony you know yeah exactly yeah i even like like ceremony's like awesome like i i really like that band and i wish i was like at sound and fury to catch them but even like a another band that i see kind of doing that now is like even like turnstile like turnstile uh their first you know a couple of records were like super hardcore and like the most recent thing is it is still like really hardcore but it's has like this different feel to it. And like, they're kind of experimenting more in my opinion. And it's like, I don't know. It, it, it's cool. I think it's like, I really, I support like hardcore bands doing that kind of thing because like, I don't know, like they're reaching out to a different audience. They're playing like these big shows and stuff. Like 
and they're growing as a band. And I think that's like really important. I think uh, Turnstile is like one of those rare bands that, um, you know, started obviously deep rooted in hardcore, but they've just grown so big, like outside of hardcore. And um, I'm, I'm trying to like, like I, I, I look at them like, like in like the same breath as like hate breed, if that makes sense, because like hate breed, you know, hardcore band, but they're so much bigger than that. If that makes sense. Yeah, they got like, I mean, they were touring with like huge like metal bands and stuff like, and they kind of like, like pushed their limits too and exceeded the boundaries of hardcore and kind of (laughs) went, I wouldn't say mainstream, but went into a more like populated genre of music for sure. And that's kind of what Turnstile is doing. And even like, um, I feel like that's like a cool thing because now I feel like hardcore bands that are doing a different sound have the potential to actually, you know, do something with music. And like, I mean, some bands don't want to do that and want to keep it small. And I, that's, you know, that's completely cool. But I mean, it's just cool that like in a way that hardcore is kind of becoming more of a known thing because I feel like it'll just help our scene more and more, you know? Yeah, I, I feel like there um, could be obviously good and bad things with everything, but the rise of Turnstile, I don't see anything wrong with it. I actually think it's awesome. I'm stoked for them. And it's just like, I feel like right now is like, um, like the, that time where like you have to see this band before it's too late, you know, because like I think it's um, an experience. They always put on a good show. Like I've never seen a boring Turnstile show. I can, yeah, every, I've seen them. I think three or four times and every single time, like I feel like each set was just better and better. Cause they just like, they just have a crazy stage performance. Um, it's very entertaining, no matter if you're standing in the crowd or like, you know, stage diving or moshing or whatever, like the whole thing, it's just a very entertaining. So, and it's always a great time whenever I see turnstile, like I love that band. They're so sick. <laughs> Okay, I, I think well, let's like shift gears, and I actually want to ask you about um, your band, uh, One Step Closer, um, who actually uh, m- like more recently just announced that you guys got signed to Triple B Records, right? Yeah, yeah, Triple B. Yeah, it's, we're, so, we're we're super stoked on that. <laughs> okay, so let's go back to the very beginning. One Step Closer. Um, how did you guys come together? Because before that, um, I know you're in another band, nothing left, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was like, so, uh, nothing left was like the first band I was ever in. It was kind of just like a whatever thing. Like we didn't really, you know, think too much about it. I was 15 at that time. Okay. So I was, I was playing guitar in this, in this band. I've never written music you know, on my own before I would always just like play covers of songs or whatever. And then, uh, so we start this band. We have no idea what we're doing. We kind of just like play some shows here and there. Like, I don't know. It was like, it was the most fun I've probably ever had, but like the music was just terrible, but like, it, I don't know. It's a good memory for me. So like, uh, so we're, we play in this band, we only play for like a year or two. And then once that dies out, we kind of take a break. And then uh, one step closer kind of started to form. Cause I, um, I hit up 
uh, the drummer of Nothing Left, Tommy, and I was like, yo, let's do a band that sounds like Turning Point. And she was like completely for it. And so then we just like kind of started there. And that that was in 2000, like the very end of 2015. Okay. And so I was going through your Instagram and I, I noticed there was um, like flyers for One Step Closer playing shows in 2016, but you guys didn't release your self-titled until 2017. Um, before that, was there um, a demo of any sort that you guys recorded? Yeah, so we had, like, um, so we didn't start, like, practicing as a full band. Like, we, it took us a little bit to kind of get, like, the band together, like, to find members. So we had our first practice January 1st of 2016. And then we wrote a couple songs, um, and then we put out a demo, I want to say, in May of 2016. And then, so we put out the demo, we put it up on Bandcamp and it was like, kind of like it was recorded awful. And, um, we like, didn't really like it that much. So we had it up for a little bit just so like people would hear it a little bit. And then we played some shows, try like mainly local. We played a couple out of the area and then we're like, all right, let's just like write like an actual thing recorded somewhere decent and then put it out. And I, cause I feel like, and then we'll just like get rid of the demos cause we didn't, we didn't like the demo at all. So we got rid of the demo and then put out the self titled just kind of as like our first official thing. Uh, cause we didn't really want to have our name tied to the demo, like just cause we didn't like it that much. So, uh, were any songs from the demo used for the self titled? Uh, no, none of those songs were the, the demo had four songs and they were all, uh, like early turning point, like more like youth crew type turning point style. And then we felt like, uh, I don't know. We, we wanted to kind of put more of our actual, the way we actually wanted to write into it. So that's when it kind of turned more into like, a melodic direction and it just kind of like went on from there pretty much which is i think is awesome because um that melodic sound that you guys have um right now in hardcore like i don't think that's like the most popular thing um and me being like a little bit older i feel like i've seen like the whole cycle of different styles of hardcore being popular so like hearing one step closer to me was refreshing because it kind of stood out because it's like so different than what's going on like currently in hardcore yeah i agree i feel like there's not really many bands doing like a melodic sound right now i feel like there's I mean, one band that definitely sticks out for me that is doing a cool melodic sound right now is uh, Search for Purpose. They're from uh, North Carolina. They're doing a really cool, like, turning point style sound. But I, I feel like um, when, we, when we were, like, writing, we didn't really... We just wanted to put, like, whatever our everyone's influence was. And, like, we all like a lot of, like, you know, emo music, like Sunny Day Real Estate and like mineral and stuff like that. And, um, I feel like that kind of has a big influence also on the way we write and like 
kind of have like more of like a emotional tie to the music less than like, I guess like, uh, being hard or something, you know, like and making like super hard music. Cause I feel like it's just not our style per se. Yeah, honestly, I I feel like I get that from uh, being able to read your lyrics. They um, uh, seem way more meaningful. Like you actually, uh, you know, took the time to write something, um, you know, that uh, meant something to you. Yeah, the lyrics. Uh, some of those lyrics have like you know a very deep meaning to me for sure. Uh, the two, the two songs off the prom, like the promo that we have out the most recent thing that we put out uh uh portrayal and lifetime are like two of my like probably my favorite songs that i've ever written lyrics wise just because both of those songs i have a, a really uh tight connection to so they i don't know i i, I want to write like songs that i could connect to but maybe even other people could connect to lyric wise also yeah, I, I think that um, makes it way more awesome because, you know, obviously uh, you could just write something generic with no real meaning behind it and it could just be another cool hardcore song. But the fact that you actually took the time and wrote something that means something to you and, you know, the fact that somebody could connect with these like real songs could just make it just like way more impactful. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I like seeing people like knowing, like singing the lyrics along at like shows and stuff is like, I don't know, just it, it, it gives me like a really, really cool feeling because it's, I feel like they're feeling it too. You know, it's, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. One song I wanted to ask you about, um, off the self-titled, uh, it's probably my favorite song is moving forward. Could you go into like detail about um, what that's about? Um, that song, uh, we as a band, that was kind of like, uh, it's, it's funny that you actually bring that one up. Uh, we always say that that was like our transitional song. So like that song was like, we, we were like, we decided, yeah, let's go in a more melodic direction. Let's write how we feel instead of just like trying to, you know, fit this mold of another band. And, uh, so we wrote moving forward and that was like, just like the song that like pretty much put us forward into this, like, like stepped us into this different, different direction. And, uh, I don't know that song. We don't, we really don't play that song a lot anymore, but that one was, a was one that was important for me for sure. And important, like for the whole band. Cause like I said, that just kind of gave us that step in the direction that we, have further went into and I'm um, so from nothing left to one step closer. Why did you um, decide to make the move from playing guitar to vocals? Um, I still like, I mean, I play, I play guitar like all the time still. And I love playing guitar, but uh, I sang for a, an in-between band called goon. And we put out like a demo and it was just like a straight youth crew band. And we only played like two shows like locally. And like, that was it, it kind of just died out. Um, but I like, I sang for that and I thought it was like a lot of fun. And I thought like, since it was so short lived, I still wanted to do that. 
And um, so I just decided, like, you know, like, put down the guitar on the side and we'll do, I'll, I'll do the vocals. But, I mean, I still, like, me and Tommy and, like, Ross, our other guitar player, and Grady, and uh, we we all, like, write guitar stuff still. Like, I still write a lot of guitar stuff for One Step Closer because that's just what I'm used to doing. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I... I think honestly, I think I like doing vocals more in a band than I like doing guitar. I think it's uh I think it's more fun for me. Okay. And okay, I didn't plan this. Uh, you know, uh, like obviously like I tried to get you on the podcast like weeks ago, but our schedules just didn't line up. But yeah. Um I was on your uh band camp today just like listening to the music before I had you on and I, it says that the um promo was actually released a year ago today. I don't know if you knew that. Oh shit, wait for real? Yeah. Oh wow, I actually did, I wow, I didn't know that. That's that's pretty crazy actually. Wow. Yeah, that, I, that's cool though. No, for sure. I I was like reading it. I'm like, no way. Like it says released December 8th, 2017. I'm like, that's like a year ago today. So I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool that somehow in this weird way that it worked out that you're coming on exactly like one year later. Yeah, that is, that is really, really cool. And like, it's funny because ever since released, like from, from that promo release to now has probably been the best year we've ever had with this band for sure like hands down. So that's I, really cool. Um, I read also that, that, um, like at the very bottom of the page, like you give your special thanks. Um, but then at the very bottom, it says, um, EP summer 2018. Um, wh- what happened to that? So we were supposed to have like the full record out by the end of summer. Like that was the plan, uh, from the start. So we, we wrote all the stuff, got that all down and like we started recording at the beginning of the summer. So like in June we started tracking drums and it was just kind of hard because everyone's schedules were kind of messed up. So like our drummer, well, we had a different drummer, but he just didn't end up working out. So our guitar player, Tommy switched to drums again. So, uh, he drummed for nothing left, but he played guitar for one step closer. So we had him go back on drums. So he pretty much learned the songs and like worked with them for only like two or three weeks before we recorded. So it kind of took us a little longer to record the drums because, you know, it was like new and fresh and stuff for him. So we kind of took our time with that. And then we went up to uh, dead air studios with Will Killingsworth and Western mass. And then we tracked uh, the guitars and stuff there. And then uh, like the next week, so that was in July. And then like two weeks later, we finally got done tracking vocals uh, back home at a local studio here. And then, so we had it done by the beginning of August, but we were like, we wanted to kind of see, you know, if, uh, someone would put it out or like what we were going to do. So we kind of sat on it for a little bit and that's kind of why it got pushed back for so long. So is this, um, the record that you're putting out with triple B are these the songs that you recorded over the summer? 
Yeah, yeah. So this record, um, we we were talking to Sam and stuff, and then we uh, sent him the songs, and it just ended up working out that like you know he was down to to put it out, and uh, so so we were gonna we were trying to have it out by the end of summer, but it kind of got pushed around a little bit, but it's all good. <laughs> So uh, how many songs are actually going to be on the re- uh, the record? So it's uh, five new songs and one re-recorded off the promo. Okay, that's nice. Six songs. Right? Or, or yeah. It's six or out. five total? Inch. Okay. Wait, what did you say? Oh, no, sorry. I, I wasn't sure. Was it, is it five including one of the old songs or is it five plus one of the promo songs? No, yeah, five plus one of the promo songs. So it's going to be six songs on a 12-inch. Okay, that's awesome. And are you guys going to be using the same artwork that you use for the promo, or are you going to come out with something new? No, our um, the same guy who did the promo artwork, uh-huh. uh, Peter Maria, he's amazing. He's a, he's a really uh, good friend of ours, but he does artwork for a lot of different hardcore bands and like just bands in general. And, uh, he did, uh, the front and back cover of the record and he did like the insert layout and like all that stuff for us. So like he really, he really killed it on the artwork and stuff. I'm really excited for people to see this. Okay. So it's going to be new. Yeah. Yeah. Brand new, uh, same kind of concept, just like, redone and like really really well done so i i think people are gonna like it for sure i I, it's like i love it yeah i was like looking at the promo one and there's just like so much going on i'm just trying to like piece it together to figure out like like you know where the stairs are leading or what's actually going on so i'm it's pretty cool i'm stoked to hear that uh peter's actually doing the artwork for the actual record release yeah, it's like the whole the whole idea behind like the promo itself is I feel like since the songs like kind of have this, you know, deep deeper meaning to them and they have um kind of like this emotional like tie of like kind of being lost and like growing up and trying to figure out, you know, myself and stuff. And I think that's where the stairs and like the doorways coming come into play where it's like I have, you know, so many options to like do all these different things and figure myself out, but it's like, which way am I going to turn? You know, life takes you all these different directions and it's like, you're kind of overwhelmed. And that's kind of the feeling of like that promo cover. Yeah. I feel like you're at like a pivotal point in your life, you know, fresh out of high school and you got to try to figure out what you're actually going to do with your life. Yeah. It's like kind of, it's like now is like the time for me to, you know, figure all that stuff out. And it's like, it's, it's a lot. And it's, you know, definitely a lot on me. Like I feel it for sure. And it's just, so I kind of, I think that whole, the whole, um, both covers for sure, the promo and this new record cover that, uh, it, it just, it fits the music very, very well for sure. That's awesome. I seriously uh, can't wait to see what it looks like. Um, is there a release date for the record? Um, there's no like set release date. Um, we're hoping we're hoping that uh, 
at least it'll be out digitally like before we tour to FYA. So hope maybe at the end of December, we're uh, crossing our fingers on that because we'd like to have it out before we uh, make our trip down there. <clears throat> and uh, who are you guys touring with to FYA? So we're touring down with uh, You're the Knife, Inclination, and Final Expression. So we're doing three shows down playing FYA and then we're playing three shows back up that haven't been announced yet uh, with just final expression. That's so sick. Um, have you guys ever played FYA? No, we, um, no, this will be our first time playing FYA. We're, we're super stoked to play though. Bob's the man. He, uh, he really, he really hooks it up for us. That's awesome. I yeah, this year's lineup is amazing. Like I like looked at like the final um like flyer for like all the, like the pre and after shows and then like the actual fest and just like the amount of bands that are on there and the fact that they're still like announcing bands that are just getting added like last minute to me is just wild. It's so sick. It's like it really I think encaptures like the best of the best like current hardcore bands. Because I mean, there are some like old older bands, like I think Breakdown's playing or something like that. I think I saw, but like it, it really encaptures like the bands that are doing it now and keeping it real now. And I think that's what's so cool because there's so many good bands out right now that should have this attention, and like we shouldn't need to like get an old head band to play to like get people to come. People should just want to come because the lineup is just crazy and all these new bands are so good. So I think Bob really killed it with, with the lineup this year, in my opinion. Yeah. It's like, to me, um, with all the bands playing, I, I think it's really interesting to see that, um, you know, day one headlining is eco strike. Then day two, it's uh three knee deep. Like when there's all those, like, you know, the, the older, like, you know, quote unquote, like bigger bands. I, I think it's like a real, like, like interesting, but in my opinion, a good move. Yeah. Cause he, he's like keeping it like, like current, you know, he like, I feel like, like eco strike set from FYA last year, I literally watch all the time. Cause it's like one of the coolest, most, empowering like straight edge sets I've ever seen in my life. Like seeing everybody like X'd up, just like screaming these, these lyrics and just like going crazy is just so cool. And I think like with them headlining this year, I, I hope it's even crazier. Cause like that, I, I don't know. That's just like, that's the way it should be. It reminded me of like straight up some like old, like hardcore sets, like, like watching like old CBGB videos and stuff like that. And that's, I feel like that doesn't happen enough nowadays. Yeah. And also for like, for them, it's like, you know, that's like their like territory. Like you travel down there, obviously like the ego strike set is just going to be like over the top and like an experience for people who don't get to see that all the time, you know, especially for it being at a big fest, like a really nice showcase for everybody. Like it gives like, you know, them like the chance to shine even more. Cause it's just like, yo, like this is like, our like hometown, like, you know, all these bands that came here to play, like, we want to like show you guys like, you know, like how we do it, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like, they get to, they just get to, to play to like probably so many of their friends and like just their own scene. But all these people get to like experience that too. 
and also join in. And it's just like, it creates this like crazy kind of atmosphere of like just a band that is also very passionate about hardcore and they're just, they're just ripping. And it's just, it's so cool because it really shows that you don't need, uh, you know, like a bigger hardcore band or like an older hardcore band to get that kind of reaction, you know? Yeah. And also, um, it's cool because I I feel like we've had like so many reunion shows, um, excuse me. Um, we have, we've had so many reunion shows of like the bigger bands from back in the day that I feel like, like that wells kind of like getting run dry. So now it's like, I think it's going to be like the time where we actually have to like focus on the current bands that, um, are going to make that impact that the kids in the future are going to want reunion shows of. Yeah, it's like I feel like I mean Gorilla get, Gorilla Biscuits just played in um, Queens like like two months ago. I feel like I always see like Judge playing sets all over the place, and it's cool. And I like those bands. I love them. I absolutely love them. But like, if we're gonna make an impact on the kids to come, then like the bands now need like that kind of attention. Like. Eco Strike needs to have crazy sets and like people need to like, you know, go off and like, like a band like Fury, like that band's going to be like that band's already made such a huge impact on hardcore with, with the real, like the release of Paramount and stuff. And like, I want younger kids to exactly like want a reunion set of those bands because that's what's happening now. Like we can't, you know, relive like what happened you know, 30 years ago or like 20 years ago, even, but the bands now could be, you know, just as good as those bands then. And, uh, you know, we could be, we could be doing it now. We could be creating like this crazy scene and having, you know, all these shows be just as crazy as they used to be. Yeah, I definitely understand exactly what you're saying. And I think it's awesome that you bring up Fury because I love that band so much. Like every time I see them, I'm like, okay, like I'm going to um, actually enjoy this because this is like a moment in time. Like every time I get to see them, like this isn't going to last forever. And like these moments are just going to be like, you know, super special to me just because they're from like where I'm from, Orange County and just like. I just love their sound and like that, like type of hardcore to me, it's just like, they're doing it like so good. They are probably, uh, like one of my all time favorite bands, honestly, even I like, I've loved that band ever since the demo came out and they played, um, the lamppost and Wooks there, uh, for the disengage record release. Uh, I think it was their young blood record that they, yeah, I think it was that record. And, um, that was like the coolest thing because like, I was like, wow, this band is literally from California and they're playing in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania right now. And I'm getting like, I get to like mosh and like sing along to this band. And like, they're all like super nice dudes and like super sick. And then they played again in Wilkesbury, like, like maybe a couple months later and then like paramount comes out and like that record is literally like i think probably like going to be one of like the most hyped up records of like my generation for sure because i think that record is just like top notch for sure i I love that band so much 
yeah they did definitely always like put on a good show and <clears throat> i'm like really interested to see how like their next re- like record's gonna sound because they played last time i saw them they, they played it was over the suburban fight weekend and if i remember correctly they played like i think two new songs it was like one or two new songs off the new record and it sounded cool so i'm, I'm really interested to see um how they're gonna sound moving forward after paramount yeah also they're on um they're putting out the record through run for cover now which is like kind of another like stepping stone for them too because like i mean like bands like citizen and stuff are like on uh run for cover fiddleheads on run for cover like i mean kind of like I wouldn't say like huge bands, but like bands that are like touring and like doing a lot of shit, like all the time. Like, so I'm excited to hear what kind of sound they have for this record. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, definitely think it was, um, it was a cool move because, um, I'm like, obviously like a fan of, um, like pop punk and, uh, seeing those other like, kind of because they're not really like a hardcore label per se so it's nice to see record labels like run for cover um pure noise um roadrunner records like dipping their toes into hardcore and like signing um bands like here and there so it's cool to see like these bigger labels like taking notice and um you know i've obviously seen like run for cover uh, they used to have a presence at sound and fury which was always nice because i was always like that weird kid who loved seeing them there but all my other friends were like too hardcore for that so i think it's funny now that these bands are signing to these labels yeah i i think it's awesome because i think it's only gonna you know like help like i said like earlier just like help our scene grow a little bit more and like kind of just like get these bands out there. I mean, like if, if a band could, you know, do, do their band for a living and like, like why not do it, you know? And like, no matter what kind of genre you're doing, like, I think that's like, like they work hard to do that stuff. And like, I, I mean, I think signing to like labels that, you know, aren't necessarily hardcore labels. Like if you're at that point where you could do that, like just go for it, you know? Yeah, as long as like to me, as long as everything makes sense for um, what the band wants to do, um, I feel like they should. I don't really see like any downside. You know, if it's all positive for them, they think it's the right move. All we can do is support them and just hope for the best. Yeah, exactly. I agree. So 2018, we're like you know the last month of the year, December. Um, you guys have the shows leading up to FYA. Um, are, are those the uh, are, are those in like the last part of December, right? Or are they like right at the beginning um, of January? Yeah, it starts. Um, the first three shows are it'll be January first, second, and third, and then we're hanging out because there's that uh, that free pre-show with like rotting out and like. Uh, buried alive, I think is playing too. And that's like free and it's like the day before FYA. So we're trying to hit that for sure. So yeah, we're starting with right like really January 1st. Okay. So are you guys like pretty much just chilling for the rest of the year until then? Yeah, we, I feel like, um, we played, we did a weekend with, uh, war by other means and choice to make, uh, right around Halloween. So like the weekend, right before Halloween, we did, uh, Buffalo, Boston and New Jersey. And then 
ever since then we we were just like all right let's just chill till fya kind of take like a you know two months to just hang out get some stuff that we need like equipment wise and uh so get like equipment and start practicing because um our guitar player grady can't do the the tour with us so we had to get our friend caleb to fill in so like you know work with him and get him all ready and yeah just kind of chill out a little bit so you guys are starting the year off heading to fya do you guys uh have like plans to have a busier 2019 uh yeah uh for sure we're trying to to literally do as much as we could in 2019 because um our bass player bt he goes to school for biology but he's going to like be a dentist like that's like his like dream job but he um he's has this next semester off because something uh worked out and like he ended up having to take an extra semester of school for like uh for some reason but he has this whole next semester off from school so we have from you know the beginning of january to like the end of august to do as much as we could because he's he's like really the only one who's like like super busy all the time. So the fact that he's going to have all this free time now, we're going to try to definitely, you know, make as much as we could of that and just play and, you know, tour and do as much as we could. You guys should definitely come out West. I think that would be awesome. I think, uh, I don't know if this is a thing I should be talking about yet, but I think that's kind of the plan. Oh, oh, do you have details that you can spill? Um, possibly, uh, possibly a couple, couple weeks, possibly maybe a two or three week tour, uh, in the summer. It's kind of, kind of, uh, kind of being worked out now. So we'll see, we'll see if that can work out. That's really good to hear because I think you guys are awesome and it'd be cool to see you guys out here. Hell yeah. That's something that I'm definitely going to keep my eye on and hopefully be able to catch you guys. If you guys make it out here. Hell yeah. We, we definitely like want to want to do the West coast and uh, see some different places. I mean, none of us have literally no one in our band has ever even been to the West coast. So like, I think that will just be like a little extra thing to like, I don't know, having, having our memories, you know? Yeah, that'd be so sick because um, shows like shows out here are cool, but like I, I always hear bands say that like they just like you know love playing California and can't wait to play California and um, like th- I, like that's normal to me like being at a show out here. So when bands talk about how like it's like way more fun out here or it's just like such a cool experience. I'm just like, it, it it sucks for me because like, I don't really um, get to see it from their perspective. Cause to me, I'm just like, Oh, this is like normal for me. Like I wish I could um, get like way more excited about it. Like these people like coming into the state are cause like, obviously I I have fun, love going to shows, but like it's cool to me uh, to see like um, people from other States, like come here and get just like, 10 times excited about being able to play or just being able to attend a cool show. That's exactly how I feel about Wilkes-Barre because Wilkes-Barre is kind of like this, this is like this small city 
kind of run down. Like, there's really not much going on here. But, like, people just, like, love coming here and, like, playing shows here. Because, like, usually the reactions are cool and, like, like they just, like, love being here. And I wish, like, I feel that same way. Like, I wish I could see it from their perspective. Because, like, you know, I've been going to shows here for a while and, like, I, I don't, like, I get hyped to see these bands coming through for sure. But it's not, it's not the same as like their feeling for sure. But, um, yeah, I'm, I, I just want to play the, the West coast so bad. I want to play California so bad. I think like the scene out there is super cool. And like, just like seeing like the shows at, uh, I, is it, is it program skate shop? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like that, 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 that place just looked so sick. And like, I don't know. It, I would love to, to play there. Yeah. Um, sorry, I was about to cough. Um, program is definitely like a cool gem in Orange County. They, they're like always so welcoming and the shows that happen there, like I've said it before, it's like so crazy to me that they just like kind of move a couple racks out of the way band sets up plays and everybody is just like so respectful of the shot because literally like the merchandise is still just out there. Like we're leaning up against the, the wooden racks that have all the vinyl like you know people will get moshed into and like a shoe will fall off the wall and they'll just put it back and everybody is so respectful like nobody steals it's always just like a cool vibe in that shop yeah i feel like also like hardcore and like skateboarding and like punk music in general and skateboarding just kind of go like hand in hand like i mean me and like literally like all my friends like i was saying like we all skate and stuff so like just seeing like that there's like literally hardcore shows at a, a, like a skate shop is like, just like the coolest thing. And, uh, I feel like people since like hardcore and like skateboarding and like punk just in general, go, go like hand in hand. I feel like people are just way more respectful about it and like, wouldn't even think about like, you know, stealing or being like kind of like shitty towards, towards like something like that. Yeah. And it's definitely good that that shop is there because they've been able to like, you know, put on so many um, cool shows like, you know, whether like bands are like touring through and needed like a date to be filled or even like when um, some of like the bigger bands like have like an off day, they'll just like come and do like a special set. I, I think it's like a, definitely like a cool spot, like one of the more um, like stable places. And it's like, you know, crazy the fact that it's like like a business during the, the day then at night. It just turns into this like DIY venue. Yeah, I uh, it's cool because we actually have like a new venue kind of in Wilkes-Barre that's like that. Um, it's like a little outside of Wilkes-Barre, but it's like our uh the one of the dudes who plays in this band called Warren, which they're awesome. You should get, you guys should check them out. Um, uh, he, his dad like bought this building to like make into like a vintage clothing shop pretty much. So he bought like this small space and like has racks of clothes out with vintage clothes and like vintage antiques and stuff like that. And then they just will like cart it all into this other room and it'll be like this big open spot, like a venue. And then the bands will just come through, set up and play. And then, uh, it's kind of like, like, I feel like the same kind of feel where it's like, everyone's like super respectful still. Cause there's still like, you know, glass cases with like, 
you know, old Louis Vuitton purses or like old, you know, like vintage antiques and stuff like that. And it's just cool. There's only been like two shows there so far, but I feel like that, that spot could definitely be something. When is the next show in Wilkes-Barre or in your guys' area? Um, right now, I, I'm not sure. There was supposed to be one in January, uh, kind of a bigger one, but like, I don't, I don't know what's going on with that. I think like some bands kind of fell through. So I think that's getting pushed back. And then I think we are doing like our record release in February. Other than that, like right now, we don't really have any venues cause, uh, our like local venue, the lamppost is kind of done. I think we're doing our record release there for, for like possibly like the last show. And then, um, the other side, which was like our other big venue that like all of the books and like all of our like touring bands that would come through would always play there. But that also recently pretty much got shut down. Uh, because of like an incident with a band. And then, uh, so right now we're pretty much the only venue we, ha- we have is like that venue, which is a little outside of Wilkes-Barre that I was just talking about. And then the Irish Wolf Pub, which is in Scranton, which is like 15 minutes north of Wilkes-Barre. Damn. <clears throat> That's crazy uh, that uh, those venues are just like closing down. That's definitely rough for the scene. Yeah, it's creating like kind of a a problem because you know these bands want to come through and tour and want to play Wilkes Fair, and then we're playing or we're you know setting up these shows that are outside of Wilkes Fair, and a lot of the kids who are local to the scene can't even like get out to these shows because some of the younger kids that do come, you know, don't always have transportation to Scranton, which even though it's not that far like a lot of the kids live will live in Kingston or like around that area and they could literally walk to the shows. And it's like maybe like a 15, 20 minute walk to like Wilkes fair to where the shows were. And like, they don't have that access now. And I think that's kind of killing it a little bit. So we're trying to, you know, find something in Wilkes fair again to like, hopefully get some more hype back here. Yeah, that's crazy. Like thinking about um, like these younger kids like that aren't able to get them or that aren't able to make it to the shows because of like a transportation issue uh, makes me think back to when I started going to shows when I was younger. Um, I was fortunate enough to have made some friends that were older and, and were able to drive and they were willing to um, you know go out of the way to pick me up and take me to shows. So like I, I think back and like like thank those guys because like without them like I wouldn't have been able to gone to like half the shows that I went to when I was younger. Yeah, and it's it's kind of I mean we do the same thing as much as we could too. Like my friend Ross who plays in One Step Closer, he like will go out of his way to like you know pick kids up and like bring them with him to like whatever show he's going to. But it's like also a thing where like, there's just like some random kids that we, you know, don't even really know that like, will just randomly show up sometimes or, and like, you know, bring a couple of friends or whatever. And like, since we don't really know them, like we can't like go out of our way to get those extra, even if it's like, you know, an extra five or six kids that want to come to shows and I know there's more, but like, say there's, you know, five or six extra kids that will come every time that we don't know, like 
that that's just like losing out on like for them and losing out for you know these bands that want to play so you know bigger I, I guess not bigger shows but more packed shows and stuff so it's kind of rough here right now especially with like the lack of bands and stuff like that so uh it's really only like one step closer choice to make and warn really doing a lot of stuff here right now so we're kind of in a tight spot but i think i think we'll get through it yeah <clears throat> man my thoughts bother me i hope you guys do because i think like you know these times um are like really critical where um it seems like things are kind of fading out um but then like the scene has um you guys to you know keep it going and you guys are you know booking shows playing shows and are basically like the ones like keeping like that local aspect alive i, I feel like that's like very important to the scene and i hope that you know kids are able to make it to shows or find a way to the shows and just keep supporting and you know bands will still want to come through and you know you guys will be able to keep it alive because i think like right now and like 2018 it would be like really sad and um really weird to see like a scene fade away you know yeah especially like the wolf's bear scene you know being having like kind of like influential bands like that have come out of here and like bands that people absolutely love, like all over, all over, like all over the place. And just seeing it kind of come to this point where there is literally only like three bands going and kind of not having as much hype as we used to. It's kind of putting it on. I feel like more pressured to do as much as I could and do more and, which isn't a bad thing, which, cause I want, I want to do as much as I could, but I also feel more pressure for like one step closer to literally write as the best music that we possibly could and do as much as we possibly could to keep that hype alive here and keep kids interested here and, you know, keep people outside of our area interested in Wilkes Fair in general. And, um, <clears throat> I have this stupid cough and I want to kill myself um, to get rid of it. Uh, just kidding. Not really. But um, okay. So like for, for the youth um, in your area, um, like what would your message be to them to, uh, to help keep this thing going? I would say uh, to, to anyone like who wants to come to shows, I'd say that, I think the the stigma of shows is that sometimes people feel unwelcome because they're young. They don't really know anybody. And, um, you know, it's kind of like, there's a lot of people, you can have social anxiety and stuff. I completely understand that. But I just want to tell like kids that like, it is a very welcoming place, especially with the, how many younger kids that we have now than when I first started going to shows. Like when I first started going to shows, even just like when I was, even when I came back to coming to shows when I was like, you know, 15, it was literally me and whatever friends I brought with me or like the kids there. But now it's like when you go to a hardcore show in Wilkes Bear, there's, you know, like half the show is just kids. And that's really cool. But I think my message to anyone locally or anyone who wants to start going to hardcore shows in general, I think you should, you should just find someone that you're tight with and just go and experience it and talk to people and 
meet new friends and it's it's really an amazing place and i think the only way you're going to keep it alive is if you you know give it the shot to like get over that fear of talking to new people and get over that fear of like maybe having some kind of social anxiety because i think it's just like it's important that kids feel comfortable at shows and i think if people feel comfortable at shows then more people are going to be willing to come all right there it is i feel like that's a good message and um yeah it it can be nerve-wracking and um weird for people to go to shows and try to talk to new people um but hardcore to me is like very welcoming um most people you'll run into and talk to will be friendly and welcoming to new people to the scene because that's how we can keep this thing alive. If we shut people out and just, you know, keep the people that are already here, eventually it'll die out. So it it is very important to welcome new kids and, um, you know, not, uh, judge and just be welcoming and, uh, let everybody, you know, be there to support, uh, hardcore and keep it alive. So definitely like what you had to say there. And I I think it's really important for kids to to listen to that and actually come out and just like, you know, take you for your word. Just go and just try to talk to people. It shows like just try to be more open because it's not as um, scary as it seems. I I do agree. Yeah, it's really not as scary as it seems. It's something that I feel like you slowly get over as, you know, you do it more. But it's I, I feel like especially now with there even being more young kids, especially in our local scene, like more kids should just want to come because they're going to be talking to people that are, you know, close or at the, like their same age. And, uh, I think that's a lot easier than talking to someone if you're 16, who's like, you know, 22 or 23, you know, if you're talking to someone who's like 18 or 19, like that's a little easier cause you might, you know, have the same interests, same, same things in common, you know? And, uh, I always saw hardcore as being very welcoming. I mean, there's always those people who are like, kind of like weird and, you know, may not be super open to talking, but I, I think I've met, you know, some really amazing people through hardcore music and going to shows and literally our guitar player, Grady lives in Connecticut. And I the only reason why we met him was because of you know, playing shows and talking to people and becoming friends with, you know, younger kids. I'm like, he's 18 years old. He's still in high school. Like, and he, it's just so cool. Like I, I I think younger kids make hardcore what it is because without the youth, like the scene would die. Like you said. And uh, just curious, the guys um, who actually like, you know, got you into shows like um, when you were younger, do you still talk to those guys? Yeah, uh, I uh, my friend TK, I used, used to skate with him all the time. And like he got me into shows. Uh, well, definitely going to shows and stuff. Uh, he plays in choice to make with me and he books like 90 percent of uh, the hardcore shows around here. Um between like me, mainly TK, and then Matt Wren, and then me, like we book like pretty much all the shows here. Uh, but he does way more than like me or Matt do because he he just does he does pretty much every show. Uh, but and then I still talk to like like Dana and like all those guys that like I used to skate with 
two, like a couple of them moved away and like aren't really in the area, but yeah, those dudes are all still super sick and definitely I'm still close to them. Dang. That's actually really cool that, um, the people that like got you into it are still around and the fact that you're still close with them. I, I think that's like super awesome. And like, I had no idea, um, that, uh, they were the people that got you into it. So, so I think that's like, really cool. If it like literally, if it wasn't for them, then like I wouldn't be doing this stuff. And I feel like they almost kind of like took me in as like, a, you know, like a younger brother in a way. And like, they kind of like always like kind of looked out for me and stuff and like would just like always just be super cool. So like, you know, staying tight with them was like just something that just came natural, which was really cool. And, uh, like TK, like I've really known him like practically my like entire life. Cause he was like tight with my older brother. And when like my, when my brother used to skate and like, he would be over all the time and stuff. So I think like me being tight with him was just kind of natural too. Cause like I said, like I've already known him for so long. He's like my brother. So it's, it's really cool. For sure. One thing I, I wanted to ask you about, um, before we wrap this up, um, on your Instagram, sometimes you'll post, um, some hyped shoes that you got. Um, I, I was just curious, are you like really into shoes or are you, are you like a, a flipper? <laughs> I'm a, I, I do a little bit of both. Uh, okay. um, I'm definitely into shoes for sure. I, uh, I like air maxes a lot. I like, uh, I'm, I'm definitely a big Nike head for sure. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I do a little bit of both though. I, uh, I flip some shoes. I, um, I got those, uh, court purple Jordan ones, uh, like two months ago they came out and, uh, I flipped those. I should have probably kept them, but I flipped them. Uh, but I got those, I won the, the Nike sneakers raffle for those off white fly, uh, zoom flies. And, uh, I, I was going to flip them, but I was like, nah, I'm just going to keep them cause I think they're dope. So, but I, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm a big air max head for sure. So like shoes are my thing. Definitely. All right. And to let everybody know, um, what, what is your favorite pair of air maxes? Uh, air max 97s for sure. <laughs> okay. And is there any particular reason why they're the 97s? Um, I just think, I think the whole look of the shoe is just very, it's just very good. I, I mean, definitely going, like, I've never even seen that shoe until I started going to hardcore shows and stuff. Okay. And then I would always see these people like rocking these, these sick Air Maxes. And I was like, what the, like, what are these? Like, they're so sick. And like, I never thought when I was 15 years old that I'd be wanting, that I'd be wanting a pair of Air Maxes because all I did was skate and like, you know, like I just didn't rock those kind of shoes, but uh, yeah, I think probably just from going to hardcore shows and like seeing people with like, you know, these cool Nikes, like it just like influenced me. And like, now I feel like the Air Max is like more hype than ever, even like just in general, like people rock them all the time now. Yeah. Um, last year when they released, um, you know, remember the, the metallic gold, um, I, I saw like a lot of people rocking those ones and then the other one, the silver bullet. Yeah, I have, I have both, both of those. <laughs> yeah. They're uh, definitely nice shoes, but um, yeah, I, I feel like um, those have been like really popular lately. 
Yeah, I feel. Yeah, I think. I think with the hype around like just like uh, like Air Maxes in general, like these people re re releasing them, and then like Sean uh, Wotherspoon like doing his uh, Air Max. Mm -hmm. uh like i I think that also brought a lot of hype to the 97s and like kind of just like they started doing like different colorways and whatnot uh but yeah i'm also like super into like clothing and stuff like that too so i think i'm just like into i guess like fashion stuff like that's like a a big thing for me like are you talking like um like gucci or like or like supreme no i mean i like uh I'm like a big like palace uh, okay. dude, cause just cause like I feel like I like Supreme a lot too. I have a bunch of Supreme stuff too. I'm not like a big like uh, like I don't buy oh every single thing. Like I'm not like a, a huge like hype beast for that kind of stuff. But I think like Palace, in my opinion, over Supreme like is because they're keeping it more real and like true to like skateboarding. Where like Supreme kind of like I literally just saw a, a commercial for Apple. And in the, in the commercial, like the cartoon character had like a Supreme sticker on their laptop. Like when I saw that, I was like, Jesus, like this, this brand literally made it like they're like bigger than ever, you know? And that kind of, in a sense, ruins it for me. Cause I think that ruins the whole, like this band, this brand was like a skateboarding brand, you know? And it kind of, now they're just like a mainstream, like hype beast brand. Yeah, and I, I wonder how many people actually know that about Supreme that they were a skateboarding brand. Uh, half the people that probably buy this stuff definitely don't, honestly. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's still cool. I, I, but yeah, I mean, I like a lot of that, like, like more streetwear stuff. I, I mean, I, I love collecting like OG shirts and all that kind of stuff. Like, I just, I just like clothes, clothes in general, and just like making clothes and stuff. It's cool. Yeah, there's this um, uh, like local I, um, ice cream spot called uh, Afters, and then uh, the owner's like pretty hip, um, and he's into streetwear and stuff. And they have these um, like their uniform uh, for a while. It was a palace rip. It had the you know like the logo that like that weird triangle thing. Um, but instead yeah. of saying, um, palace, it said afters and I, I thought it was the coolest thing. I'm like, wow. I was like, I love this ice cream spot and I think palace is cool. And like, I remember I tried like asking them if they sold it. Cause I know that they, um, have like their own merchandise, but they told me that the palace rip was like staff only. Oh, damn. Yeah. Damn, was, that's, that's cool though. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was like pretty cool um, to see like my like local, like ice cream spot, um, rip off like a cool streetwear brand. Yeah, I mean, I think like uh, I think streetwear is sick. I don't know. I think all that stuff's really cool. Um, it, it it gets a little pricey sometimes, but it, it's cool. It's fun. Yeah, it definitely does get pricey. Like I refuse to pay over retail for anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially because like I, I used to work for like a, like a merch company. So like I could like, I saw how, how much it costs to like really make these items and like th to like, see, um, wait, I'm sorry. What? 
It's like dirt cheap, yeah. Like, oh. It's crazy how much money they make off it. Yeah, so like seeing and like even being in that that business and seeing like even like the bands or like the random uh, clothing companies that we printed for, like how much they were like actually selling their merchandise for, it just like blew my mind. So and like I kind of like ruined a lot of things for me because like like now to this day like it's just really hard for me to buy um, certain like t-shirts because like I'll, I'll like be able to tell like um, you know the, the quality of the printing versus like the garment it was printed on and uh it's just it's just kind of crazy yeah i agree uh that's that's how i get kind of with like og shirts too like you know dropping like a lot of money on these shirts when like they're kind of beat shit and then like you know they're kind of falling apart but it's like it's kind of cool though in a way though with like with especially with that kind of stuff because you know, someone might have wore that to like one of the craziest shows. I'm like, that's why it's ripped apart. You know what I mean? But like now you kind of own a piece of like history in a, in a sense, I guess, you know. Now, uh, do you wear um, those OG uh, turning point shirts that you have? Uh, yeah, I wear pretty much every single one except uh, the one I have like the a white and blue uh, new age records long sleeve that I've only worn like twice. Cause I'm just like, that's like pretty much my grail shirt. So it kind of gives me a little bit of anxiety that I'm going to like fuck it up more than it already is. But, uh, I, I wear like every other one that I, I have, I think three or four other, you know, I have four other ones other than that. And I have a, a hoodie that I like, I, I wear those probably more than any, any of my other OG shirts just cause, like that's like my favorite band and like uh i i like i like rocking them at shows and stuff especially like when we when we're playing because i feel like that's just where they're meant to meant to be you know for sure that's awesome and was it hard for you to get those shirts since they're like actually like og it took me um i looked for that white and blue long sleeve for probably like probably since i started buying shirts which is like og shirts which was like three or four years ago so yeah, probably three years ago now. So yeah, I looked for that shirt for like three years and then I finally like, all, like randomly, like my friend was like, yo, uh, my friend is selling some shirts. You might be interested in these. And like, she sent me pictures and one of them was that long sleeve. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm definitely interested for sure. So, but yeah, it took me a while to track those shirts down. It, it, cause you know, at this point, like a lot of people don't even want to sell their stuff, which I completely get. Yeah, so you just gotta kind of hold out and hope that um, somebody eventually will pop up willing to part ways with their um, collection. Yeah, exactly. Plus, like, I feel like Turning Point shirts are are kind of at an all time high right now with with value and like how much people are willing to pay. So, I and it's getting a little crazy. So um, I kind of took a step back from buying uh, old shirts just to kind of uh, kind of appreciate like the ones that I have now. And appreciate that, like, you know, I, I, you know, I really don't have to spend all that money on, on a shirt because I already have like, you know, some, like a good bit. So. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Um, like looking at, um, uh, the prices people are willing to pay for these, uh, you know, quote unquote vintage, uh, hardcore t-shirts. It's, it's kind of crazy. It's some, some of the shirts, uh, I, uh, this guy from Florida, 
he owns like a vintage shop in Florida or something. And he posted a picture of uh, the Utah Today shirt with uh, the Wishing Well Records break down the wall shirt. And that is like, like the, probably like one of the most iconic, you know, OG shirts. And I hit him up and I was like, yo, like how much are you looking on this? Cause I was expecting like, oh, I'm probably gonna have to pay an arm and a leg, probably around like five or $600 for this shirt. And then he hits me back. He's like, my highest offer from someone was $1,000. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, I can't do that. Like I, I'm, I'm 19. I can't afford that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, uh, <laughs> I kind of like, that made me realize like, I don't know, some of the shirts that I definitely want, I'm, I'm not trying to pay, you know, that much money for. So it kind of, t- I took it, then I, then I took a step back and I was like, I'm just going to chill and buying them for a little bit. So what about, uh, would you rock like a, a bootleg or a reprint? Um, I have one turning point bootleg. Uh, actually, no, I have two. I, uh, I have one from when I was playing and nothing left and I really didn't know like, Oh, like shirts are OG or like whatever they're printed on Gildan. Like I didn't, I didn't know that shit yet. So like I bought uh, a reprint off this random dude in Philly. Like when we, we played in Philly once and like, I just bought it off some dude there. And like, I saw it on eBay, even like the reprint, like this reprint specifically, like going, like people, it was like up to like 40 or $50. And I was like, it's a reprint. Like, I don't know, but it, it was cool. It was, it was like the high impact reprint. And then my friend, uh, Jonah, uh, did like, um, uh, some reprints of like just the classic, like handprint with like the always darkest on the back. And, uh, I got one of those just because like, it was just cool. And like, he's like a homie. So like, I definitely wanted to get one. For sure. That's sick. <clears throat> oh, my throat again. Uh, okay. Yeah. Honestly, I don't mind like bootlegs or reprint. Um, cause sometimes it's just like, I just want to have like the cool t-shirt that I'm into. And if I can't get in like original, like I'll get a bootleg or a reprint. Cause it's just like, just a t-shirt and um I, I guess i don't really care like that much you know and obviously like if somebody asks yeah. i would tell them that it's like yeah it's, it's like a bootleg i'm not gonna try to front like it was it's like a real one you know yeah i completely agree i i don't like no honestly i i don't give a shit like at all like people i i honestly would rather probably people go buy reprints because like i'm like stuck here like spending all this money because i'm just like crazy about it but i yeah no like no shame at all buying reprints i think that's probably the way smarter decision (laughs) but uh i think i think if like people want to rock like you know these shirts and like people are doing reprints of them like fuck it like there's no other way you're even going to get that shirt if people don't do reprints half the time because they're so hard to find and you don't want to pay like that much money to get the reprint i i mean i have like those two reprint training plan shirts. I have a reprint used to today shirt that I used to rock all the time. Yeah. Definitely no shame in doing that at all. Yeah. It was a couple of years ago. Um, when stop a thing played and they didn't have any merch. So like I was trying to like find one of their shirts online. And I remember some guy was selling, uh, like a original stop and think shirt for like $200. And I was like, oh, I was like, I don't really want to pay $200 for this t-shirt. 
So I just said, screw it. So I hit up my buddy who's like, um, does all like my designs and stuff for me. And I just had him like, just basically take the stop and think design. And then we just put it on a t-shirt. So like, I just like made my own like stop and think or stop and think, uh, bootlegs. And now the shirt that I, you know, could have paid $200 for, I just made my own for cheaper. And it literally looks like the same thing, but just like newer. Yeah, exactly. And that's like, that's fucking sick. That's honestly like we, uh, we kind of do some screen printing stuff too. And our friends asked us to do like this, uh, this band called confusion. They're like an old, like New York hardcore band. Uh, they asked I think they're from New York, but, uh, they, they like asked us to do, uh, like just like a bootleg of like this design. So we like did it up for them. And like, if it was fucking tight, like it turned out so cool and people like scarf them up so fast because like, you know, like some of the, like I said, some of those shirts are so hard to find and like people don't want to pay the money. So like, screw it. If there's still, they're still like rocking the band. So who cares? You know? Yeah. It's all about just, and like when I made the shirt, like I, I wasn't like making them to like make profit or whatever. Like I just made it because I really liked the band and I've always wanted the shirt. But if someone's going to try to you know charge me like a ridiculous price for something that they probably don't even wear, um, just not really into, you know, that it's just weird to me that these, um, or I don't even know if that person's still like a hardcore person, but just trying to make like crazy amounts of money over a t-shirt. Just, I'm just not really into that. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just a way to like kind of gouge young kids too, in a sense to like get, like just get as much money out of them as they possibly could. Yeah. All right. Well, I think this, uh, you know, it's probably a good place to end things. Um, I definitely really appreciate you, uh, taking the time out of your day and coming on. Um, is there anything you want to like shout out or plug before we actually end it? Yeah. I just want to quick shout out, uh, just like, like I said, Warren choice to make, uh, fence cutter from New Jersey. The, they're the bros for sure. And like war by other means, and a uh, special shout out to Anxious from Connecticut because they're like some of our best friends and uh, they are fucking awesome. And yeah, I just want to say thank you for having me on here because I've never been on a podcast before and this is this was a lot of fun actually. All right, there you have it. Thanks for coming on. Thank you guys for listening. This has been another episode of the Jamie K podcast. Always on top. Just wanna see the light